Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, with my husband and co-host, Mike. How are you today? I'm good. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast, it feels like, but you've been doing a great job with, uh, I don't think you had any special guests while I was gone. You did did a lot of solo episodes, which were were great. Had some good feedback. Someone said, uh, someone had reached out to me specifically on on Twitter because I share these on my my personal blog, and they, they said that... That was the one that they just absolutely loved and they identified with the different ways of being smart. So good job on that one specifically. Thanks. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, we'll put a link in the, the show notes for people. But Great. You don't, you don't need me, basically, is what it comes stop. down to. <laughs> no, it's great to have you back. Can only monologue for so long, right? <laughs> <laughs> True. Today we are discussing community what it is and why it is so important to have in our life. And not just community, but the right communities. Yep. And we have some very fun, interesting things to share. But before I get any further, I did want to announce, maybe you noticed that we have a new release schedule. Our podcast episodes will go live on Tuesdays now instead of Mondays. This was the one downside to you recording on your own. (laughs) Is that you (laughs) forgot to mention this like four weeks in a row. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Because I don't think of these things. I just write content and talk. Like, I don't do any of the behind the scenes work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we shifted from Mondays to Tuesdays just because with the other things that I do, which are technically on the side from the the day job that I currently have now, uh, this worked better in terms of a production schedule. Yeah. So... Apologies if you were expecting an episode <laughs> one of the previous Mondays, <laughs> but uh, going forward, it'll still be every other week, but we will be aiming to release these on Tuesdays, U.S. time. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into community. What it is, is it's simply a unified body of people. For example, it could be people that have a common interest in a particular area, It could be people that have a similar characteristic or interest in living in a certain community, like a retired community, for example. It could be people that are have professional interests, like an academic community or scientific community. Or I was part of a photographer community for a while. It could be someone that has a similar history or certain type of interests. There's a lot of different ways that you can have community. It can look very differently. But the big thing is that you need a community. Yes. None of us were designed to do life alone. Exactly. It doesn't matter how resourceful you are. It doesn't matter how independent you are. You need other people. Yeah. Which is going to be hard for some people to hear. It was hard for me to accept, so I understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's very, very important. And with lockdown COVID stuff the last few years, I believe that it's been very hard for some people to move out of that isolation mode. Mm-hmm. And it has become their new MO, and it's very dangerous. Yep. Isolation um, can cause a lot of issues. We want to primarily focus on the positive aspects of community here today. So I think we'll kind of frame it from this point going forward, not in terms of like, this is what you miss when you don't have a community, though there are some very, some real, very real dangers to that sort of thing. But uh, if you're listening to this, you have self-selected as someone who 
wants to improve your situation, you probably have a growth mindset like we've talked about in previous episodes, and you want to do better. You want to make the most of what you've got to work with, Mm -hmm. right? So if you want to maximize your resources, if you want to make the most out of your life, if you want to reach your full potential, the way to do that is with community. There's a, I think it's an African proverb is what it's attributed to, but the saying that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I love, I love that. And that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. And you have something you have written in the past that I'd like you to share. You have outlined three benefits of community. And I believe this is a very good way to jumpstart this topic and to get people interested and excited about not only identifying, but maybe even finding a healthy community that they maybe don't currently have. (laughs) Sure. Well, these are, there's probably a lot more benefits to community, but these are the three that stand out to me. The first benefit of community is that community can challenge you. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a great example of this would be if you go to the gym and you work out with somebody or go running with somebody, Uh, doing any sort of personal discipline with somebody else will inherently increase the motivation to do it better. Uh, I primarily, uh, I don't like working out with people. I don't like running with people, but I do notice that every time I do that, if I'm working out with somebody, I'm, I lift more weight. If I'm running with somebody, I run faster. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that I consciously try to do. It's just you push yourself a little bit harder when you've got somebody else there. Uh, do you want me to go through all three of these or you want to just tackle them one by one? I think we should tackle them one by one because I think we have a lot we could say about each one. Sure. And when you talked, when you were talking about community challenges you, that is so true. And let's go off the workout example. Like classes are great because you really do, I would say most people work harder in a class setting than if they go and do their own workout. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know I'm that way. I can work out really hard on my own, but it's much easier if I'm in a class setting. It's like that, even if you're not thinking about it, it's like that positive peer pressure. Sometimes peer pressure is good. Mm -hmm. It makes you do more and go farther than you thought you could go. So I am in a cohort-based online course right now called Ship 30 for 30. And the basic idea of the course is that you write and publish something every day for 30 days. And they have a specific tool that they encourage everybody to use. And they've got these different live sessions where they teach people how to write better. But the majority of the value for the class is not in the information. It is in the fact that you are committing to do this thing alongside hundreds of other people who are doing it at the same time as you are. Mm-hmm. And I've been in a lot of online courses and a lot of cohort-based courses. That's what these are called. So there's a specific start date. Mm -hmm. You do it for these 30 days. You wrap up at a specific time. And then it's over until the next one. And they have mastered the motivation that comes from participating in this community. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. They have all these badges that you get when you achieve certain milestones. Many of them are associated with connecting with somebody inside the community. So they're pulling all the right levers to create this intrinsic motivation to participate in the community. And by participating in the community, you drastically increase your chances of following through and doing the work. The majority of online courses, people never go through them. Mm, yeah. But they have architected this so well. And I've, as we're recording this, this is day 10, I think. I've gone 10 for 10. And uh, I'm just blown away by how they have designed this. This is the, the best version of this I have ever seen. And instantly I thought of, the community-based aspect to yeah. it. I mean, the, the kind of the thing that holds it together is this community platform. It's not yeah. the information that they share. It's this tool that they use. It's called Circle. And it's specifically for building online communities. Mm -hmm. And they've used it as the backbone for their whole cohort-based course that they charge hundreds of dollars for. Yeah, that's good. And that actually reminds me of when we joined Toastmasters. This was a few months prior to launching Intentional Family Podcast. And what that did for me is it forced me to be writing speeches and delivering speeches and practicing my communication skills. Whereas before that, that's not, I wouldn't have been writing scripts and giving talks on my own. But because I was part of this Toastmasters group, this community, and people give feedback, they give you um, constructive criticism, but they also give you, they like praise you for what you did well you have this motivation to put forth the best that you can do at that time and you keep growing and you keep building. And it is a very powerful motivator. <laughs> Absolutely. You want to move on to the second one? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the second one is that community supports you. And this is different because the first part of this challenging you, this is basically you have the ability to do something and you don't have the motivation to do it. The community can say, come on, you got this. Mm -hmm. Put more weight on the bar. You can do it. But support is when you actually do reach your limits and you can't go above and beyond that anymore. At that point, maybe the project... And project is a, a broad term, but I mean, whatever it is you're doing, there's maybe part of it that you can't do. You don't have the skills, you don't have the experience, whatever. If you're part of a community, somebody else can come alongside you and can help you do the thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, sports is the analogy that comes to mind here for me because I like sports and football is like, the ultimate team sport, soccer too, but football is the one I think that people can, at least in the US where we live, people more easily understand. You've got half of the football team, like on, on offense, everybody pays attention to the quarterback who throws the ball or the receiver who catches it and scores the touchdowns, right? But that doesn't happen unless the linemen up front do their job. And if they aren't there, if they mess up, it becomes instantly obvious. But when they're doing the thing, you almost forget that they're there. Hmm. I mean, a quarterback doesn't forget that he realizes how critical they are to, to, to his success. But 
I, I say that because you don't realize sometimes the value of staying in your lane. Mm-hmm. But we're all part of this body, right? We've all got different gifts. We've all got different abilities. Yeah. And so recognize what you have to contribute. Mm-hmm. Bring that, do that with excellence. Yeah. And don't try to do everything. Yeah. Because you're not gifted for everything. Now, sometimes yeah. you do got to just jump in and, and do something because there's no one else there who can help pick up the slack. But otherwise, the best teams, the most successful ones are the ones where everybody's identified their role and they stay in their lane. <laughs> yeah. One story comes to mind recently about community supports you. Uh, it, my son, my oldest son, Toby, he's in eighth grade and they did mock trial this semester. That was their big project. And the students had an opportunity to say, what would you prefer to be? What role would you prefer? And what would you absolutely not want to do? And everyone had their preferences. And Toby said, you know, I'll do whatever's need, whatever needs to be done. I don't necessarily have a preference. So what happened was he was on the defendant side and he was the <laughs> quote unquote bad guy. He was yep. the witness that was being sued in the mock trial. And no one wanted to be him. But when I was sharing the story with someone recently who knows our family very well, they're very close to us, they said, yeah, that's because Toby's a team player. Yeah. And it got me thinking about this when you're talking about community supports you. And I think about his class and that's like a whole class project and the whole defense. They got together and spent hours and hours, several separate days leading up to the mock trial to practice and run through their strategy and run through their questions and how they'd answer them and all that. And he, it wasn't an easy role for him. Right. And because of the, this, the, uh, this character in this mock trial, this person, this witness, not a, not the greatest person in the world. And it was hard for our son to like have to basically pretend and act like this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did a great job. But I, to me, it was just a really neat picture to see their class coming together and working as a team. And it, it was just really fun to be a part of and to watch. And that's a... Uh... The other thing with this is that sometimes it's not a specialization issue. It's just this job needs to be done yeah. and nobody else is doing it. So I'm going to mm-hmm. step in and do it. But you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yeah. And uh, when you recognize you can't do everything, you do need to have people who are going to help you do anything that's worthwhile. Yeah. Any great outcome is going to require multiple people. Yeah. Remember, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. And at that point, uh, the other thing that's required here is trust. Yeah. I mean, the if if Toby, as the defendant in this mock trial, is going to flake out the day of and be like, I don't really feel like this, sorry, guys, then... What are they going to do? They're all <laughs> stuck. Yes. So they knew that they could count on Toby for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it, maybe it takes some time to build that level of trust in your communities and with the people that you're in community with. And it's a definitely a, a worthwhile venture. It also reminds me of when I think of com- community supports you, I think of a good family. Mm-hmm. And two episodes ago, I, I talked about what I have done to train my children to help out around the house, just daily chores, cleaning the house, et cetera, because I can't do it all myself and nor should I. And what that has done is we all support each other. 
if the trash needs to be taken out, someone takes it out. If the dog needs to be let out, someone lets the dog out. And we just all help each other out in that way. And it's, and if someone's struggling, well, we help each other through that time. Mm-hmm. We don't just roll each other under the bus, but yep. we support one another. Yeah. And then the other thing here uh, related to trust specifically, the third point that community gives you, it uh, holds you accountable. Yeah. So you cannot hold someone accountable if you don't have that foundation of trust. Right. If you try to hold somebody accountable to something that they never asked you to hold them accountable to, or they (laughs) don't know you and they don't know your heart, then it comes across as accusatory. Mm-hmm. It seems like a personal attack. Yeah. And the natural reaction to that is you just draw back and you don't participate in yeah. the community or the conversation, which is not healthy. So uh, I'll throw out a, a, rec- a book recommendation here, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm-hmm. It's a Leadership Parable by Patrick Lencioni, and it's got a corporate context, but I really believe these five dysfunctions that he talks about. This is at the the heart, and then the uh, at the heart of every dysfunctional organization or team or community. And then on the flip side of that, in the parable, they kind of talk about how you can work through those five different areas. Mm-hmm. That's the way out for all of this stuff. Yeah. That's how you build trust and how you build community. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic book. It really sheds light on how to build a great team and how to navigate through what's not working. It gives a great perspective. Even if you're not part of an, like a corporate organization or professional in that sense, it's a great book for anyone. Yep. It has a lot of great insight. Agreed. And from here, we would like to just talk about a lot of our different communities to help spark ideas or maybe you can identify things that maybe you didn't see as a community in your life. Uh, Maybe there's some positive things you got going on already or maybe you need to build in some different positive communities. So that's the hope in this next section. First of all, I wanted to start with our church. We have been there for over 16 years and it's definitely something that God led us to and answered our prayer because we were hungry and wanting to learn more. And we have been there. We leaned in right away. And <laughs> and I'll, I'll just add that he answered our prayer in an unexpected way. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've told this story here, but I, I don't think the so. short version is that church we are in now is the church that at one point I said, I will never go to that church. Turns out God's got a sense of humor and that's where we are and we're involved in all sorts of ministries there and can't imagine being anywhere else because it's the right thing for us. Yeah. And he just had uh, misconceptions about the church and what it was about. And it's been, I don't know, it's hard to articulate how how life-giving it has been to be there. Like just as newlyweds, we had been married only 10 months when we started going. And the leadership there with our pastors has been so amazing. And it's not a cult. It's not like a you follow people blindly. It's just straight talk, straight truth. Like there's, it's just very, very powerful. And not just our marriage has been very strong from being there for so long, 
But then as we've had each of our children, they have, are so valued and invested in there. They're celebrated and not in a overdone way where they can do no wrong, mm-hmm. but in a way where they can thrive and flourish because they're loved. And it's, it's, it's to that point where we are very close with people at our church and it, we really do life together. Like with people's go, if people go through something, we band around them to help them. The more recent thing has been, I am the meal train lady and we'll link <laughs> to that. It's this great website. It doesn't cost anything to use, but it's called meal train and it's wonderful because let's say, what is it? Okay. So it's simply a website where you can sign up for a bunch of meals. And for example, how I've done it is if there's a family that needs meals, like they're going through sickness or someone's had surgery or whatever, what you do is you can create a calendar for what meals they need. You can put in every single preference, food preference, delivery preference. And if you want, you can even keep the personal address and information private so that it's not just open for anyone to see. And people can go right on there and sign up to deliver a meal. We did this for a lady at our school. She, they found cancer very, very early, early stages. And she had to do 12 treatments of chemotherapy. And because, and she's, you know, she's a mom that has three boys and her husband is a doctor. He works a lot of hours. And so three days a week for what, 12 weeks? No, 24 weeks as a community, we've all provided meals for them Mm -hmm. and it's great. And that's just another way that we have found to support one another. All right. We got lots of communities on this list. Let's crank through these. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of school, that's been one of the most influential communities for me in the last few years. I was ready to give up on homeschooling and I kept meeting people that were part of this community called Classical Conversations. We have talked about it before. I was very overwhelmed and I was ready to just send my kids off to whatever the bus pickup was. I didn't even care what's, you know, full disclosure, I didn't even care what school they were sent to because I was, I was overwhelmed. I didn't know how to handle having the four boys at four different levels and my daughter being one just starting to walk. I'm like, how do people do this? I know they do. And so long story short, he brought me to this community. I've been there three years and I've taught every year and it has been amazing. And talk about accountability. There's a support system. It challenges me and it holds me accountable. It's all of those benefits <laughs> you mentioned in one. Yep. And it helps me raise my level of teaching my children because I'm part of this community. It allows you to do something that prior to finding that community, you thought I can't do this anymore. Yeah. That, <laughs> that in a nutshell is the power of community. Yep. And I would like you to share about your mastermind. That is a professional Mm, community, which I know has been very, very influential for your life. So when we say mastermind, what we're really talking about is a group of people who have common creative goals. Uh, We call ourselves the Creators Guild because we all make stuff, write stuff, videos, podcasts, etc., which, by the way, a podcast is a form of a community. Yeah, that's true. Um, but we uh, we wanted that support and we wanted the challenge. We wanted the accountability of participating in a group. And uh, it's not like we say, I am going to do this thing and you can yell at me if I don't. 
<laughs> but there is kind of this uh, inherent pressure, but in a good way, we have like these built-in questions like, what did you accomplish last week? What was a big win? What are you working on this week? That sort of thing. So by uh, continuously contributing to the group, we meet once a week virtually on Wednesday afternoons. Uh, we take turns picking who is responsible for leading the meeting and you create the agenda or we'll do sometimes like hot seat sessions. We had a big retreat not too long ago where they all came to Wisconsin in the I middle of March. got to meet them. I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> you met some of them before, but not all of them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And we did a lot of those like hot seat type sessions. Um, and if that sounds terrifying, that's because you have not participated in something like this where everyone has the same mindset to give more than they take. Mm -hmm. Because when you go into it, not worrying about whether you're going to look stupid, but instead of instead just trying to help other people and bring perspective to the things that they are sharing. And just in sharing those things, you feel very vulnerable, especially as a creator, like your identity can be tied up in the things that you make. Yeah, and so when true. you share something, it's like, this is me. I hope you like it. <laughs> I hope you like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, be vulnerable. Yeah. Having a positive, uh, a place, a, a safe place where people can give you honest feedback with the intention of helping you become and do even better. It's incredible. And so that has been a, a big help. That's how I got connected with a lot of the the courses and things that I'm I'm doing now, which are helping me out a, a ton. And uh, I've got an article on my website about how to start your own mastermind group. Uh, the people that you pick are, are really important, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And as long as you have the same mindset going into it, I, I think you could probably create this for yourself just about anywhere. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like catching lightning in a in a bottle. I just have to make sure that everybody's there for the the same reasons. Uh, but it's definitely been beneficial for me. And I'd recommend people uh, give it a shot. Find a, a common interest in your vocation or field mm -hmm. and uh, meet regularly with the intention of, of being better and see where it see where it takes you. Yeah. And from my perspective from the outside is that Sometimes you've had to make business decisions or should I keep doing this or not? And a lot of times that feedback has been very helpful for you to make the decision. And also I've noticed that with the accountability, they have been very, one in particular, have been very adamant about you continuing to produce your personal content. <laughs> and yeah. um, you've been part of a few different companies over the years but to build your own content. Yep. And I believe that has been really, really helpful for you and been helpful for you to keep doing it and to keep gaining confidence in doing it. Yeah, it's uh, so confidence has been a result. Clarity has been a result. Perspective has been a result. There have been a couple times in that mastermind specifically where I've gone into it thinking that I couldn't do something and having a lot of doubts and just leaving feeling very encouraged and empowered by people who I look up to saying, you know, I see this in you and you mm -hmm. can do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that literally was, uh, that literally has been the thing that's 
uh, gotten me over some of the difficult decisions that I've I've had to make is just the belief that somebody else can see this in me. And so yeah. even though I can't, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. One of the communities I wanted to talk about before we wrap up here is that we are have been leading an outreach team at our church for quite a long time. I don't even know how many years. It's been over 10 years, I think. Wow, it's a long time. Um, and it started off as just my husband and I pulling off this stuff and like hearing back from people above us in leadership and then communicating to people that we recruit to help us. And it changed into us actually being able to create an outreach team. And what's been really neat is we can work together and we can divvy up the work, but then everyone has different ideas and it's very valuable. But then on a greater level, what I wanted to explain is that with our church and our staff, what we do is my husband and I, as the leaders, we have a meeting with the staff as a team and we're all a team. We're all working together and we have this Slack group and I can pose questions in there and they can pose questions and we'll all contribute. Mm -hmm. It's not just like this uh, one-stop shop and it it has helped me a lot. I just, even just feeling like there's lots of people supporting me in this venture. Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to clarify how that has evolved over time. It didn't used to be that way. Yeah. That's an effective team and an effective team can exist in a lot of different scenarios. I mean, you could also build a community around, like you said, social interests. Uh, You've got some examples here of like, Board games, you know, yeah. that that's something you could use to build a community around people who just love to play board games. Yeah. And uh, a lot of our communities that we participate in, there's not a lot of overlap between the different interests. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. Not very many of our church friends play the same board games that we play. And that that's fine. Like we can go to this community for one thing, this community for another thing. Another community would be like, pick up basketball. Mm-hmm. I still haven't kind of dialed this mm-hmm. one in yet because I have a desire. We, we've got a court in our backyard to go uh, to, to have guys over and just play basketball together. Mm-hmm. And we've done that a couple of times, but I haven't found the right mix of people yet who want to make it happen as often as I do. I've got a couple, yeah, but not enough to, to do it consistently. And uh, we just got to continue to build that, that community. I've actually got a whole book on my bookshelf here. Uh, it's called Get Together and it's all about different mm-hmm. ways that you can build community. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to boil it down to a single thing, like what it is, is it's you want to do a thing and you find other people who want to do a thing and then you just do it together. Yeah. And you celebrate the fact that you did it together. It's It doesn't have to be complicated. No, no, don't overthink it or overcomplicate it. It's, if you are feel like you're lacking community, like you need more people in your life, even just to have fun, social time, then just start narrowing down like what is a particular area where I could find people to do this thing with me and then just start. And even bringing that a little bit closer to home, not, uh, I think a different way to, to think about it, maybe different different way of framing it is not finding people who like to do a certain thing, but people who identify as a certain type of person. So it's not, hey, do you like to play board games? Because everyone will say, yeah, I like to play board games. But 
that's very different than saying I am a board gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I like to play board games means you play catchphrase at at the campfire, you know, when everybody's together or something like that. I am a board gamer is a whole new level of nerdery that <laughs> even I am not at the same level as as our son Toby. <laughs> right. It's true. So, uh if you're going to uh, if you can identify what is the essence of the person who does this thing? What is that mm-hmm. I- identity? You can look for people based on that identity and you will have a easier time finding them. The true fans of the activity you want to rally people yeah. around. And then really the the community, the thing that you do, that's almost secondary in a sense because mm-hmm. that's just the activity that you use to foster the intentional connection that happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't care who you are, what you do, you need community. Yes. You don't think maybe that you need community, <laughs> but you really do. And you won't even realize the benefit of it until you experience it. And then you compare it to where you were prior and you say, wow, this is so much better. You get to a whole new level when you've got that community to, to challenge you, to support you and to hold you accountable. Well, thanks for doing the wrap-up for me. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no, that was really good. And it is, it's so true. Even if you're introverted, you need community. Mm-hmm. You can't live in a hovel, in a little hole in your office all day. Podcasts are great for introverts. That's how I first <laughs> got connected to tech and productivity communities. That's true. Is I would download podcasts and I would listen to them and I felt like I had a seat at the table. Yeah. A lot of the people that I work with and the, a lot of the meaningful relationships I've developed over the years have come from just participating in, in those communities wherever I could find them. Uh, and it's kind of surprising to me with podcasts specifically, how many podcast hosts I know that are actually introverted. Thinking of Joe Bielig with the Bookworm podcast that we do. He's got a shirt that says, Introverts Unite Separately in Your Own Homes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it, it's possible, though. We have the tools and the technology yeah. to allow that to happen. It doesn't have to be a scary, intimidating thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking about someone that I know that loves nature and loves nature walks. So that could be as simple as identifying who else loves nature. Hey, do you want to meet me at this nature park? Mm-hmm. And let's just go for a walk. It can be really simple. It's just noticing the people in your life and just taking action to do some things with other people. Do life together. Yeah. It's better. It is better. <laughs> yeah. Community is vital. It is life-giving. And maybe you can identify some that you're already involved in that are really positive. Maybe you need some more. Yeah. And I would also add here, I know you're trying to wrap up and I just keep talking, even though I'm introverted. What's up with that? I'll talk to the editor and I'll just (laughs) cut some of that out. All right. Uh, The communities that you're in, maybe you're not getting as much out of them as you would like. The way to get more out of a community is not to try and get more but to try to give more. Absolutely. More that Every you, time. The more that you give in the communities that you're in, the more you will get as a result. Yes. Hands down. Every time. Yep. It is true. Yeah. I've noticed that in our school community. Um, I'm okay just stepping up and being ready anytime to help with anything. And um, that is a big, having a big heart, a big mindset, a growth mindset, a scarcity mindset would say, 
I'm going to hold back because I don't want to volunteer for that because I, I don't know. I, I just don't want to get myself out there. But I, I have, I gained so much life and I'm not stretched too thin. Mm-hmm. I'm not. It's just, it, yeah, I don't want to be that person that's hard. It's hard for them to step up. It gets multiplied back to you. Yes, it does. With all of that, thank you for listening to the Intentional Family Podcast. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.